Slava na vodu? Slava na vodu. Už jsme začali slava na vesky. Slava na vesky. Sorry? Now you, you've lost me now. God is good, isn't he? Well, the front row believes God's good. What about the back row? Is God good? I see that hand at the back. I tell you, I have been really encouraged for the last two days. It's a blessing for me to come and to be able to minister. But what has blessed me is being ministered to as well. And to hear Sashko and uh, and service and just to hear them ministering, they minister to my spirit as well. You know, and I've learned things while I've been here and some of you have ministered to me as well. Some, just this morning I arrived and somebody gave me a binachka. Now that really ministered to me, it hit a spot. I'm going to be in trouble with my wife when I get home. She said, you've been eating those bananas. God's good though, isn't he? You know, uh, I just want to quickly run through and remind you. Yesterday we, we covered a lot of material yesterday. And the things we covered are very important. You know, I can't emphasize enough the importance of the things we shared with you yesterday. They are things that have the potential to change your life. And not just change your life for a day. Not just a month. Not just a year. But to change your life forever. And not only your lives, but the lives of other people around you. I believe these things that we're teaching wholeheartedly. You know, Paul wrote to Timothy. And he said, impart to faithful men the things that I taught you. And you know, I'm here because men and women taught me the things that I'm teaching. And these things have changed my life. You know, you can think because I'm an English man that I come from a wealthy country and that I was always wealthy. But I wasn't born into a wealthy family. I was born into a poor family. We didn't own our own home. We didn't. We lived very poorly. And that was my experience of life until I met Jesus. And getting Jesus into my life changed so many things. I mean, I've shared it before, but you know, the, the world had put me on the scrap heap before I'd even got started in life. They told my parents, I'll never do anything. 
answer anything. Now some of you have had confessions like that made over you. And I want to tell you that if you will allow God to work in your life, if you will take these things that we've been teaching you, God can change all that. Jeremiah 29 verse 11. My favorite verse of the Bible. I probably preached it here when I was here last time. But it's a revelation to me. And when I get a revelation from the word, I just want to tell everyone about it. And God says, I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper you. And not to harm you. Plans to give you a future and a hope. I know God has a plan for every one of our lives. Turn to the person next to you. Say, you don't know, you might not know it. But God has a plan for your life. to harm you, to give you a future. You know, maybe people have told you you've got no future. But I am here this morning to tell you that God has a future planned out for you. To give you a future and There is hope. You know, the Bible tells us faith is the substance of things hopeful. You know, there is nothing worse than coming to a place where you have no hope. I know that. I got to that place before I became a Christian. I got to a place where I had no hope. People only said bad things about me. I managed to get a job, but I nearly lost that because I was so bad at it. And I was angry with everybody because they gave me no hope. I remember being called into the office of my boss. And he called me in and uh, he started to tell me off. And I said, I'm not going to take this nonsense from you. Uh, he was telling me off. I said, I'm not going to take this nonsense from you. You're just a little Hitler. And you can't speak to me like that. And that got me into a lot of trouble. You know, you don't tell your boss things like that. Actually, sorry, you were speaking like that to the boss. Yes, I was. And, uh, you know, that got me into a lot of trouble. And I was being disciplined by my employer. And it looked like I was going to get the sack. 
And somehow God managed to save me from losing my job. And then I became a Christian. And after I became a Christian, God started to change my life. And He gave me ambition where I never had ambition before now. Well, I did have ambition, but I, I knew that I would never do anything with it. I was frustrated because I thought I could never achieve anything. And I became a Christian and I thought I want to do better. God's got better things for me. I knew God had got a plan for me. And there was a job advertised at the company I was working for. It was a promotion. And I applied for this job. And uh, because of our unions, they had to give me an interview. But my boss had told everyone on the interview panel, this man is a waste of space. He's aggressive. He's nasty. He threatened me in my office. He would not make a good promotion prospect. And I walked into the interview. I had become a Christian between these times. And they interviewed me. And at the end of the interview I was sent out. And I was working. And I got a phone call from my boss. And he called me back into the office. He said, what's happened? I said, what do you mean? He said, I told them you were rubbish. I told them you were aggressive. I told them you weren't the right man for this job. And then you came in for the interview and you were a different man. He said, they think I'm lying. He said, they want to give you the job. He said, I look an idiot. I said, I'm very sorry. I said, but I became a Christian. And everything changed. And I said, I know that God's got a plan for my heart. A plan to prosper me. And not to harm me. To give me a future. And a hope. He said, well, I think he's doing something. I want to tell you, God has got a plan. He can work that out in your life. If you will allow him to come in and make those changes. I had to allow him to change me. I had to allow this book to get hold of my life. And for my life to line up with the content of this book. And you know, God wants to prosper us. That's what we were saying yesterday. It's God's nature to prosper us. It's God's very nature to prosper us. You know, He wants to lift us all up. It's in Psalm 40. He says, He lifted me up out of the miry clay. 
He set my feet upon the rock. Says, many will see and many will hear. And many will put their trust in him. You know, we can feel like our lives are bogged down in the clay. If you try and walk in clay, it's just hard work. But God wants to lift our lives up and set us on firm that we might bring glory to him and that many, many people will see what he can do with men and women who will sell their lives out for him. So I want to encourage you. Start to live by these godly principles. You know, we talked about giving. Start to give. I hope you all went home yesterday and opened up your purse or your wallet and, and thought, how much can I give? If you didn't, when you go home today open it up and I'm not going to leave it another day before I start to give you know the Bible says give and it will be given to you you know we need to give first that's the principle it, you know we can wait around as Craig said we can wait around and say God when are you going to give me something but the principle isn't that the principle is we give first so I want to encourage you before you go anywhere this evening after this conference determine that you are going to put into practice what you've been taught and start to give secondly be faithful remember we said be faithful with what you have you know if God's given you something make sure you give back to him the first you know, it's not just enough to give once. You know, I try to give often. Not just to the church for tithes and offerings, but to other people. It's not always big sums. But I try to give at least once a month to give. My wife and I determined this year that every month we would look for one other person to bless financially. We would set some of our money aside. After we had paid our time, we would set some money aside just to bless other people. And we sought to do that each month. You know the amazing thing is we were, we gave small amounts of money. One month we gave pounds. Another month we gave a hundred pounds. That's January and February. 
By the end of February, somebody gave us a thousand pounds. We gave. And it came back. Pressed down, squashed together, and overflowing. And we thought, we've got more to give now. Now, if we are faithful with our giving, if we are consistent with that, God looks at that. He says, I see those people. I see that they have my heart. I can trust them with more. And the Bible says, if you are faithful with small things, God will give you Amen. That's the truth of it. We have to be faithful first. And as we prove faithful, God trusts us I was in a meeting in England recently. And they took up an offering. And I looked around, it was an American. American preacher. And I was spotting up in my head. I just looked to see what people were giving. I looked to see what people were giving. And I think he was given a million pounds that day. One million pounds. And I said, God, I could run my whole ministry for the rest of my life on that one honor offering. I said, that's not fair. God said, it's not about being fair. It's about being faithful. He's proved faithful with a few things. I'm trusting him with greater things. You know, I sat and thought about that for a minute. I thought that must mean that I've not been as faithful as he has. I thought I need to be more faithful. I need to give more. So we decided we're going to give more. Because I think I could do with seeing that amount of money coming. There are lots of situations I work in where, where that sort of money would make a big difference. You know what Craig said is true. We have much to be thankful for. You know, I was in Uganda in November. And I tell you, they are poor people there. They are very poor people there. I have not seen such poverty here in Eastern Europe as I saw in Uganda. I have to tell you, if you compare yourselves with the people in Uganda, I think you would say, we are not poor. We are rich in comparison with them. I stood in a meeting like this and a girl stood at the front of the meeting and she was giving thanks to God she was giving testimony and I heard her say something now she was speaking in Luganda but I recognized one word or I thought I recognized one word and this girl said thank you God that I have 
have syphilis. И това момиче им благодареше и така ще така. Благодаря ти Бог, че имам сифилис. I said, did she thank God she had syphilis? He said, yes. I said, what sort of church are you running? He said, our husband isn't a Christian. He is sleeping around. She knew he had given her some sort of disease. She thought he had given her AIDS. In the village, 30 people a week died. And she was thanking God she was Even though she had this terrible disease. You can't imagine living in a situation like that. You know, a hundred children we came across that were just living on the streets. Their parents had died of AIDS or were lying in some gutter coughing up blood dying. You know, I came home and I thought, I'm wealthy. Maybe one day you'll go to Uganda. Or Kenya. Or Zimbabwe. And you'll come back and you'll realize, we are not poor. We are wealthy. If we compare ourselves to them. You know, there's, there's a, a deception to riches. The deception is if you compare yourself to someone, you can think you're poor. If I compare myself to Bill Gates, the man who runs Microsoft Corporation, I am poor. But if I compare myself to the people that live in the village of Wobigalo, on the, the outskirts of Kampala in Uganda. I am rich. And you are rich. It's just a matter of our perspective. We need to thank God for what he's given for us. Given to us. And we need to be faithful in what he's given to us. And we need to be ready to give. Now I told you about Pastor Alosha from Zidon. And his church are giving to the church in Romania. Because they've seen a people that are poorer than them. They probably have less than you. But they are giving because they've seen it. They have a heart to give to the poor. And to bless them. We have to be faithful with what we have. Remember, you need to be remember the potential of what you've got as well. Craig said it yesterday as well. It has the potential to grow. It's my favorite scripture. Probably showed I have a mustard seed on this little I can't see it anymore without my glasses. Can you see? Yes, yes. It's small, isn't it? It's very small. But Jesus says that if we have faith like a mustard seed, 
That, that has potential to grow. That tiny Your financial seed can grow into something great. Remember the scripture I told you yesterday? Three people remember. Did you remember at the back? What do you do with your seed? Sow it. And believe God that it will grow. These are not natural things. You know, you, when you uh, don't have much, you don't give it away. That is a crazy thing to do in the natural. But the Bible says we are a peculiar people. You know, you might look at me and think you're very peculiar too. Strange. Let's be known for being a strange people. A people who don't have much but give much. Amen. Amen. So, but as we give, let's trust God that we will have a harvest. You know, it says, it says you will reap if you do not grow weary. You know, there is a continually to give. It says, don't grow weary in doing good. And a friend of mine said, I tried that, it didn't work. I said, that's the problem, you just tried it. You're not living it. You know, we have to live a lifestyle of generosity. A lifestyle where we give and we give and we give. And the Bible says if we live that lifestyle, God will do what? Slap you around the face? Nay. Kick you when you're down? What will he do? He give back to you. Turn to the person next Say, if you sow, he give back to you. What are you going to do today? this morning. Yeah, that's super. He's going to reap a harvest. You know, the Bible says to one of these little ones. Will not your father give back to you? Yeah, I know I'm not a little one. I'm a bigger, well, I'm littler than I used to be. But I'm, I'm still quite a big one. 
Да, we need to do that in faith. And this is one that's difficult. Thank God I'm not a Pentecostal. Because I never was taught like Shagan or service or Sasha. Now I came into the church and they told me you could have money. You know, when they told me I could believe God that He'd give back to me. I believe them. And He did. He gave back to me. when they were told He doesn't give back, they believed them as well and didn't get anything back. When Sashko and Shagan and that were told that the devil God didn't give you back. They believed what they were told and they didn't get anything back. The word says if you have faith and believe whatever you say will happen. So if you say I'm not going to reap a harvest what are you going to do? You're not going to reap a harvest. If you say I'm sowing this money and I'm believing God that he's going to give me it back to me. Not that I'll be wealthy but that I'll be able to bless others. I want to tell you he'll give back to me. Amen. What you say is important. You know my friend Alosha in Vida. He was at Sofia bus station. And he had 250 levers stolen from him. And he was in the car with us. And we were driving to Vida. And the telephone didn't stop ringing the whole time we were going to Vida. And I said to Yana, what's going on? And she said, he's telling them the story of how he's had the money stolen. And then somebody else rang. And he was telling them the story about how he had stolen. And for four hours, he was telling people about this money being stolen. I think we should tell them what God's going to do. At the end of four hours. I said to Elisha, what does the word of God say? He said, what do you mean? I said, the word of God says, if the devil steals anything from you, God will make him give back to you seven times as much. I said, stop. And just tell him, the word of God says, you steal anything from me, and you've got to give me seven times Start giving. I tell you, it stops him stealing from you. Craig and I were talking, so I said, nothing, nothing. 
I thought you were objecting. No, 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 no. Craig and I were talking about demons this morning. And I was saying, you know, I miss having a good punch up with a demon. You know, when I was first in the ministry, every time I got up to preach, somebody would jump up and go, goes around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. You know, if you know anything about lions, they don't devour the strong ones. They devour the weak, feeble ones. And God said to me, He said, they don't want to come anywhere near you because you put them where they're meant to be. Under your feet. If the devil's giving you a hard time, just get him where he's meant to be. Because the Bible says we are more than and that Jesus disarmed principality but he gave us a weapon what's he the sword of the spirit which is the word of God imagine I've got a sword you've got nothing and you pick a fight with me who's going to lose me or you yeah you and the devil picks a fight with you and you use your sword he's not going to hang around if you start laying into him he's going to leave you alone and go and look for somebody else. So, live by the word. Give, and it will be given. Give in faith. Believing that you're going to see a return. Now, I don't want to come back here next year and you all to be driving Mercedes. Why not? <laughs> I only want you to be driving Mercedes. 
if every poor person in this Makala is being fed, every widow is being looked after, every orphan has a house over there. Then you can have a Mercedes. Get down. Amen. Give because you want to change this world. Give him faith. Now maybe God will give you a Mercedes. Amen. Because I know God has given me things that I don't deserve. He's given me things that I've not asked for. He's blessed me in ways that I can't even begin to. Give him enough thanks for. But, but I'm not seeking after those things. I'm seeking after his blessing that I might bless others. And if you all are driving Mercedes when I come back next time, I'm going to ask how you did it. If they're all driving Mercedes when I come back next time, I'll ask them. How you did it? You know, because God can do those things. You know what Paul Yonggi Cho, don't you? Pastor in Seoul, Korea. Lived in a very poor part of town. Had a vision of a bicycle. He said, God, I want this bicycle. God said to him, be specific. He said, what sort of bike you want? And God gave him the I heard of a man that went to his church recently. And when he went to the church, they had this magnificent church building. And uh, it's in a very wealthy part of town. And this guy got to speak with Pastor Yonggi Cho. And he said to him, I've read your book. I know your testimony. Why did you leave the poor part of town and come and live in the rich part? And Pastor Yonggi Cho said, I didn't leave the poor part of town. He said, this isn't the poor part of town. He said, I know where the poor part of town is. And Paul said, Pastor Yonggi Cho says to him, he said, this was the poor part of town. He said, but we changed it. He said, my church were the poor people. He said, but now they're the rich people. Amen. We did have the people in our church that had nothing. He said, but those very same people, many of them now are millionaires. Because they did what God's word said. Can you imagine that? Stilipana, Malakanari, Sadanania, the Makalas become the rich Amen. Amen. Who can change it? Gospel. 
No. The word says. You. What's it Joshua 1 said? If you are careful to be God's Lord and to live by them. To meditate on them day and night. To speak them out. It says then you will make your way prosperous. And then you will have success in whatever you do. God wants you to live by his word. So that you might make your way prosperous. And have success in whatever you do. Amen. Amen. Good. You're getting there. So give him faith and expect to see a return. That doesn't sound spiritual, does it? I used to find that so difficult. I thought I shouldn't expect anything from God. The Bible tells us we should expect to see a return. We should expect. So keep looking for it. When you sow, look for the harvest. Look for it. Don't be embarrassed when it comes. You know you can be embarrassed. I am sometimes. Especially when people poorer than you come to you and say, I want to I want to bless you. And I think I should be giving you something. And everything in me says, no, don't take it. And then God says, but if you don't receive, how can they plant? That's, that's a difficult lesson to learn. I would that all of you have that opportunity to learn. Expect to see a return. Pass on what you're learning these days. To your friends. To the other members of your churches. You know, when you, when you take that gift, find somebody who's not been here today. Say, I went to this seminar. I learned about giving. I want to bless you. Have this. You know, we were giving to somebody a little while ago, my wife and I. And uh, we were praying about how much we should give. And I, I thought we should give a little amount. And yeah, God asked me a question. He said to me, how blessed would you be if you received that gift? I said, well, that would be nice. I would think they, they liked me, they gave me something. But it wouldn't really be a blessing. He said, so why do you expect it to be a blessing to them then? He said, why don't you give them something that would really bless them? I had to think about it. 
I thought, what amount would really bless me if I received it? I said to my wife, would this bless you if I gave you this amount of money? She said, yeah, that would really bless me if I received that amount. I said, then let's give that amount to this person. She said, pardon? I said, let's give them that much. The word says, he who sows sparingly, reaps sparingly. He who sows generously, reaps generously. Amen. So if you want to bless somebody, make sure you bless them. Amen. Craig asked me, I've not spoken on what he said. I've not spoken what Craig asked me to speak on. Don't worry. Craig asked me to talk about how God leads us. I sat here this morning and everyone else took my notes. Well, there were two passages I want to read here. Because these have helped me. You know, we need to be a people who hear God's voice. And sometimes people find that difficult. You know, I talk to God all the time. You know, I talk to God like I'm talking to you. You know, I'm walking down the street and I'm talking to God. When we used to have a dog, I used to take the dog for a walk. And I would talk to God. And other people taking their dogs for the walk thought I was talking to my dog. They thought I was loco. But you can talk to God wherever you are. Yes, it's good to go and lock yourself away and be quiet with God. But I'm driving down the road in my car. And I talk to God. I'm walking down the road. And I talk to God. And I don't speak to him in 18th century English or I speak to him just as I speak to anyone else. And he speaks to me. You know, sometimes he speaks to me by reminding me of passages in this book. You know, John chapter 14, verse 23. Jesus speaking to the disciples. Tells them about the Holy Spirit. And he says, But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to remembrance all that I said to you. So, what's the helper meant to do? Sorry? Speak up. What did they say? To guide us. To guide us. Yes, it says the help of the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name. 
will teach you all things. Amen. And bring to remembrance He can only bring to remembrance those things that you've learned. Or that you've read. If it's not already there, He can't bring it back. So we have a responsibility to listen to the preach word. To read the word. So that the Holy Spirit can do his job. Amen. Jesus called him the helper. What do you think a helper is? He helps. That's a revelation, isn't it? If he's a helper, he's meant to help. This is Biblical Training 101. <laughs> you know, if you need help in a situation, ask the Holy Spirit. That's what he's been put inside us for. To help us. To help us get the best out of this life. How many of you haven't got a job? Put your hand up. If you haven't got a job. Okay. Put your hand up high. There's no shame. Okay. Discomfort, no. Okay. What do you think the helper could do for you? You are, are you, yeah, I'm looking at you. What? Help me find a job. Amen! That's the correct answer. The helper can help you find a job. I'm not going to ask anyone specific. But how many of you put your hands up have asked for help? From the helper. You know? Maybe if you need a job, you need to ask the helper to help you find a job. How do you think he'll speak to you? Would he speak to you like this? I am the helper. I'm speaking to you. If he speaks to you like that, can you come and talk to me? Because he never speaks to me like that. I have never heard him speak to me like that. It's normal. Just a little thought that drifts into my head. And I have a choice. I can ignore that thought. Or I can take action. You know, I have a 3,000 seat attempt. Can you tell Craig to get his own stories? Can you tell him to get his own stories? It's not good when you nick other people's stories. But I have a 3,000 seat no, 
Because one day I'm driving down the road in my car. I'm thinking about bringing my tent to Bulgaria. And I'm thinking, I don't like driving 2,000 miles. It would be better for my organization to have a tent in Bulgaria. I don't think it's a microphone. No, it's the speaker. But I'm really loud on this one. One, two, one, two. I thought I'd turn this one down. Okay. I have this I was driving down the road. And this thought came into my head. There's a tent in England that's not being used. You should buy it. Now, England's not a big country. But it's big enough, you know, to look for a tent in it. It's quite difficult. I said to God, how would I find a tent that's not being used in England? And this thought came into my head. From the company you bought yours from. I want to tell you, this is not rocket science. I found America. I found the company in America. I said, have you supplied a tent bigger than mine to England? I expected them to give me a list. We've only supplied one bigger than yours. I said, have you got a phone number for them? They said yes. They gave me the phone number. It took me a whole year to phone the church that had the tent. Because I'm arguing with God. Did you really tell me this? Is this really what you want me to do? I eventually phoned them one year later. I said, I understand you have a big tent. I've heard you're not using it. And you might want to sell it. The line went very quiet. The man on the other end of the line said, how did you know that? I said, well, a year ago, God told me there was a tent for sale. He said, that's amazing. He said, we had a meeting yesterday when we decided we weren't using the tent and we would sell it. 
Isn't that amazing? That God told me a whole year before they made their decision because he was allowing for me to have an argument. And in his plan he wanted me to get there at the right time. It was no more than a little thought. A week later he gave me £15,000 to buy it. A week after that we were putting it up for the first time. And it's huge. But I know that God said But it wasn't a What a service. I'm speaking to you. And if it's different for you, if he speaks to you like this, come and talk to me because I'm obviously getting it wrong. You know, you need to just listen for that quiet Maybe it will be something you read. Maybe it will be something that you've read and God reminds you of. Maybe it will be something somebody else says to you. But trust that you're hearing God. And take action. You know, I I have a telephone. Have you ever given your telephone number to somebody? And they ring you. And they start talking to you on the phone. And do you ever have that time where you think, who on earth is this talking? Think, I do not recognize this voice. But they talk it as if they know you. And I'm sitting there thinking, who on earth is this? And unless I can work it out, I have to say, excuse me. Who are you? And then they tell me, By the time they've phoned you two or three times, when you answer the phone, you recognize their voice. I have a friend and he phones me. And I answer the phone. And before he even speaks, I know it's him. His name is Tony. And Tony, when he phones you, I answer the phone. I say, good afternoon, Tim Grant. And then there's a pause. And nobody speaks. And I say, hello, Tony. How did you know it was me? I said, I know it was you because whenever I answer my phone and it's you on the phone, there's always a little pause before you start to speak. He's just getting his thoughts together. But because I know him so well, before he ever speaks, I know it's like that with God. You know, when he first gets our number, 
в началото взе нашия номер и започва да нас да ни говори. Ние не можем да направим разък сега, ние ли, той ли е нашето въображение. Не сме сигурни дори изобщо дали знаем кой ни говори. Обаче колко повече го познаваме. You, and trust what you're being told. И колко повече доверяваме на това, което той ни е казал. Вече достигаме на място, което разпознаваме, че това е неговия глас. Няма доказателства за това. Но виждаш, че това го опознаваме от нашето взаимоотношение. И това взаимоотношение може да го постигнем единствено, когато прави крачка на вяра. Когато чуете Бог и ви си мисли, че сте го чули, и когато направите това, което той ви каже, или когато мисли, че той ви каза да направите, и когато след това резултатът е чудесен, разсъждава си така, да, това не се беше Бог. И това ще си опознали още повече Бог. И по-нататък вече, когато Бог продължава да го говори, вече знаете, че това е Той. И колкото повече го практикувате това, толкова по-лесно става. Ако Бог ви каже, или ако чуете някой глас, примерно брат ми тук е чул глас да казва, трябва да отиш да пиш с това жена. Now would that be God? Достатъчно познаем и Библията, за да знаем, че това противоречие с Библията. Така че трябва да разбираме какво казват от Библията. И това ще ни помогне да разбираме дали Бог ни говори или някой друг. Святия Дух може да ни помага. Казва се, че Той е тук за да ни помага. Който за да ни учи. Бог ми беше казал да започна компютърен бизнес. И започнах по това в тази компания. И ти приятелят, с който заедно започнах бизнеса. Той пропродаде много компютри. А пък аз ще разбира за тия компютри. И да той е щастлив при мен и каза, продай 20 компютъра. И каза, следваща седмица искат ти да учиш и да им ги инсталираш. И приятели ми аз стояхме в тази стая, че ще ми книги, инструкции. Казвам ви се едно, бъдна българска, че тях ми. Нищо не разбирах. 
I said we need to do something. I says, what's that? I said, we need to pray. We said, Lord God, we need wisdom. Please help us. What does James say? James 1 said, if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives to all men abundantly and without reproach. By Sunday evening, we knew all about these computers. They were all talking to each other in my lounge, in my house. On the Monday morning, we went into London. We installed 20 computers in the office. And the people said, oh, if only we knew how to do this, we could make lots of money. You are so intelligent. You have so good skills. We never told them Friday night we didn't The Bible says he teaches you what things? What does the Bible say he teaches you? The Holy Spirit teaches you biblical things? So if you lack wisdom, he says you can ask. And it's like stupid child. She's wishing she hadn't sat on the front row. <laughs> <laughs> it's done. He says he will give you wisdom without reproach. He says if you lack wisdom, ask God and he will give you wisdom. You know, we need to involve the Holy Spirit. We need to involve the Holy Spirit. John 16, I think I'll finish with this. Verse 13 Jesus says, But when the Spirit of Truth comes, He will guide you into all the truth. For He will not speak on His own initiative. But whatever He hears, he And He will disclose to you what is to come. He will glorify me for He will take of mine and declare His glory to you. The Holy Spirit is there to give us the truth. The truth is, this morning, you are sons and daughters of the living God. Don't sound like Amen. sons and daughters. Your sons and daughters of the living God. That's good. You know, you need to learn something. Royalty doesn't sit with their head down like this. Royalty. They don't bother to do this. They stand up. 
When they walk into a room, they expect to get noticed. Because they are royal. You are princes and princesses. Don't have your heads down here. Your heads up here. So he will teach you. Teach you the truth. He will disclose to you what is to come. When I was 19, a young man who was very angry who had been told he was a failure, who had been told he would never do anything with his I was listening to Billy Graham speak. And God said to me, you will preach like Billy Graham. And I You've got to be kidding God. Ain't gonna happen. 30 years later, I'm traveling the world. Because even as an 18-year-old boy that knew nothing, God started to reveal things that were to come. And he knew he had a plan for my life. Той знаеше какъв план има за моето за добро, не за зло. To give me a future. Да ми даде бъдеще и надежда. I didn't know it. Аз не знаех за какъв план И той извърши своя план живот и продължава да го върши. И казвам ви днес. God has a plan for your life. To prosper you. And not to harm you. To give you a future. And a hope. Amen. And if you will live by the things you're being taught, you will make your way prosperous. And you will have success in whatever you do. The only way you can fail is not to listen to what you're being taught. Ако пренебрегнете това получение, ако седи, седите, продължавате, седите в къща и продължавате се оказвате, беден циганец, а аз само. Отме нищо няма да стане, никой няма да прави нищо. Аз съм едно турчетка, никой не ме обича. Ще си седа в къщи. Ще пия кафе след кафе. And maybe God will show me he loves me. Because you're never going to do anything. You know, it's better to keep moving. It's what Craig said, isn't it? When I was a young believer, God told me one thing. He said, if you're moving, I can change your direction. All those scriptures Craig showed us. They got it wrong. They were going in the wrong direction. God didn't say, oh, you stupid child. You've got it wrong again. Just come this way 
wants to keep us moving. I to wants to bring us into his plans. He's unstable in all his Unable to receive anything from God. Because he's double-minded. What's that mean? First of all, it means he's stationary. And he thinks, shall I go this way? He says, if any man lacks that means you go, no, no, no. That's He said, ask God who will give you wisdom. You know, and even if you're not sure, if it doesn't contradict what this book says, start to move out on it. Because if you start walking this way, and you've got it wrong, the Holy Spirit and turn you to the direction But if you're just standing You'll never go anywhere. But if you're moving, God can just adjust your course. Maybe you'll start going like this. And God adjusts your course and you will end up going in this direction. But if you're here, you never go anywhere. So, listen for God. Trust what you hear. And move. Amen. 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 Because when you're moving, God will bless you. He's going to gently guide 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 you. He's going to before today finishes. If you have the lever, give whatever God tells you. If you don't have the lever, put a little bit aside each day until you have what God told you. And then it. And then keep looking. Where's my harvest? And when you get the harvest, the first thing you should do is take a tenth of it and give it to your church. Then ask God how much of the rest of it is seed to sow.
and so and then whatever you have left over eat and enjoy God bless you